Welcome to Parents Take Five, where we take five minutes of your day to share parenting and family tips that help you grow in faith. Here, we come to you in your car, through your headphones, on the go, while chasing your kiddos or texting your youth, wherever you need a little support in your day. I'm Jen Evans, currently serving as Associate Pastor for Youth, Young Adults, and Families with Young Children at Second Presbyterian Church in Little Rock, and your host. If you have any questions or have ideas, you can find the Facebook group for podcast listeners by searching for Parents Take 5, that's F-I-V-E, and the same is true for Instagram. With that said, I hope you enjoy this moment of sanity and growth catalyst. Don't forget to subscribe to my channel for more tidbits on the fives. Hey y'all, it's Jen. I'm back with you know who. Bruce is back. Woohoo! So Bruce is going to talk to us um, today about a little more about parenting these um, adults that he has now. And so he's going to give us some insight um, on how he made it through all those years for those of us who are just wondering what is going to happen to us if we if we can do this and how to do this. And um, so Bruce, I'm so glad you're back. <laughs> well, it's good to be good to be, be back. I I, I hope. Uh, there's not too much pressure about how you're going to make it through that I like I don't I'm still going I mean I think that's the thing right is that it's all just different worry and joy and celebration and and struggle like it just it just changes context from one point to the other when I think at the beginning how I see it and people probably heard this right it's more physically exhausting at the beginning and then those of you that are doing this during pandemic I I, I have siblings who have small kids and I just I don't know how I watch and I'm just exhausted watching. Um, and then as they get older, it, it turns, it really does turn into kind of this uh, mental, emotional, like you, and you have no control anxiety where before, like, you know, you're, you're, you're raising these children and you're responsible for them. And then they, they hit this magic age of 18 and all of a sudden your position, like you hope you've done a good enough job to continue a relationship that is meaningful to everybody past that time where they don't have to uh, necessarily in, engage with you. I think that's, that's one thing that I would just say is that, you know, we, every child is different. Every parent is different and every stage is different. So mm. my role as a parent is to adjust to all of that, right? What does my parenting look for, for different children's personalities and experiences? And as they move through life stages, how does that change? As I move through life stages, how does that change? Um, and then, it, and it's just kind of an ongoing. And I will say, I love every stage. Mm -hmm. And I think to find some, to find some joy in each stage. Because if you don't find some joy in each stage, boy, we're in trouble, <laughs> right? I mean, you can't look at a toddler and go, "Oh, I can't wait till they're 18," and just like <laughs> wait for that, because then you're just missing out on all the all the great stuff. And so, I think that is just like being present, but also knowing it it changes. It's present, but it's not. It's not calcified. It's not stagnant. And so to kind of stay in those moments as they move. Oh, gosh, that's a hard thing to do sometimes. But but I agree with you, actually. Like, I, I do feel like, um, I don't know, sometimes when you're in the middle of the stages, you're like, please hurry up, please yeah. hurry up, please hurry up. But then you get close to getting out of them and you're like, wait, slow down, slow yeah. down. It's so uh, trite to say how time flies, but it's so true. It is so true. It is so true. Yeah. 
So did you ever get the, it's not fair when you needed to treat your children differently or uh, approach <laughs> well, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. We were totally consistent and perfect with each child. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's funny. To go I'm back the, to like... No, no go ahead. <laughs> no, to go back to what you were saying about, you know, you have to... Each child is different. Each stage is different. And, you know, all of that is different. And you yeah. can't parent them different. I mean, you have to parent them differently. You have to. Like, you either... Like, it's not even a ch choice. You you choose whether you're going to give in to the reality that you have to do that. Or you could try to power through and treat everyone exactly the same and realize that that is a... It, that's not going to happen. Um, so I think there's two parts to that. One is we were really, we like, we are really intentional. My my wife and I about talking about and about each child and like what do they need and how do we approach them differently in times of conflict or and is they're discerning and like you know you know we have certain kids that don't like to get our advice very much and which we are fine or we need to plant seeds a month ahead of time we have another one that comes to us right away and we'll kind of talk through stuff so we just have had to learn you know personalities i also that there's just you got to admit that you you are not going to be able to parent your if you have multiple children your first child like your third child and ours are six years apart and our oldest is always teasingly saying, you know, when I was da 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 da, you would have never let me listen to that music in the car. And like, and my wife and I are like, yeah, we're tired. And yes, you're you're absolutely right. We're just now tired, and we don't have the energy to do that. So you're right. It's not fair. I don't know what you want me to do. There are no reparations happening at this point. So yeah, but we like we totally acknowledge that. Our youngest one, and there are moments where I think she realizes it too. Though she will complain how hard it is being the youngest, but you know there are these moments where I'm like, okay, seriously, are we talking about our first child being our our kind of our our experimental child, and then our second child is our overcompensation child, and then our last one is our undercompensation child. So you know, they all got a little different version of mom and dad during this time. So we don't try to pretend that we've done it all the same at all. Though I will say, I'll say that there are a couple things that um, that episodically we committed to doing the same thing with each child. So I will say, like, I went on all the fifth grade overnight trips for each child. Like, there are certain things that we did say, yes, we're going to make sure that we do this. But in terms of how we parent them, that just – I never thought that we're going to – they're all going to get be the, uh, parented the same way. So when you were raising your children, because they're, you know, old now yes. compared to us, My adult um, children. Our, our kiddos. So how did you raise them with faith in mind? I mean, you're a pastor. You're a fun pastor. <laughs> you aren't you aren't stuffy. You're a great fun pastor. Um, people can check out your socials to kind of figure yeah. out how great you are um, in and that's what I put. Ones. That's what I put on my socials. Every third one is like, "Aren't I great?" <laughs> I don't understand why people don't follow me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so here's what I here I and I'll just you know, as a pastor's pastor with kids, it's different than I think if you're not part of a you know my role. They saw all the underside of church, right? And so that's good and bad, right? So they're a little cynical about church, which is understandable. Um, but I will say that they all have, well, I'll back up that 
none of them have a terrible, terrible relationship with the church. They've all mentioned seminary at some time in their life. Now, will any of them go? I maybe, maybe not. Who knows? But I, 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 um, our goal was not to have them all super engaged in the church and be church lead, church group leaders. Now they've all done conferences and they get a, I, I tease them that the only privilege they get from me and my role in the church is they've gotten to be, go to things like are super nerdy church things. So it's not that cool. But I will say that I wanted them to have a healthy enough relationship that should they need the church as they got older, it would be one of the first places that they turn to. And I think we've been able to do that. So again, I don't, I, we, we started to give them choice about attending church sometime around high school-ish. It, was, it varied. We tried to never force them to go to church. We never said you have to miss soccer in order to go to church as long as you know you did some other stuff. So there was negotiation and, and all that. But I wanted at the end of the day for them not to hate the church. And if you know that's, that may feel like a low bar, but for a pastor's kid, if you can get them there as high schoolers or middle schoolers, I think that's... Again, I'm not chasing W's, but that's a W uh, for sure. I, I think you're right about that, Bruce. I think some people who are not pastors really don't have an understanding of the underbelly uh, yeah. sometimes of of where the church can be. Some people in the church can be yeah. and the way the system can be sometimes. Um, and, and I think you're right. That is a That's a hard place for pastor's kids to be. Um, or educators, kids, anybody who yeah, works, yeah, exactly. you know, in, the, in that field. But um, I, I think you're right. And I also love that you gave them choices. Um, but, you know, it's not going to be helpful to force anybody no. to do anything, especially a middle schooler or high schooler, right? Yeah. When you're like, yeah. how do you want to build resentment? Force them to go to something they don't want to do. That isn't that, like, I don't want to say church isn't important. But it's one thing if I'm going to say you really need to go to this thing that's family-based because – and let me tell you why it's important that I need you to do this. That's not every Sunday at church. Right? You know, Sunday is a habit. It's a community. Like, I don't want to put a negative lens as soon as they walk through the doors. Right. I want them to be there. I mean my college kids, they, they – on Ash Wednesday, you know, we our church sends them out to ashes to all the college kids, and they had ashes on their – they did they did it with us from their from their dorms i mean you know i can't ask for more than that at this point from a, a college student you know two college students doing ashes and their dorms at super liberal you know probably almost anti-religious small liberal arts colleges i'm again i i was thrilled by that my oldest of course then immediately snapped back that they were in a bar drinking so you know um you know ash wednesday do it without you will they're growing Right. That's Isn't right. that what we can, that's right. All we can exactly. hope for is, is, is some growth. And I think that's really all we can hope for, for ourselves too, is that yep. we can, you know, continue to grow and, and understand what it really means to be faithful. Um, and that doesn't necessarily look like uh, how other people might think it looks. Yep. Well, oh, yes. Thanks Bruce for all your time and energy. Great. And, well, uh, as always, thanks for having me on. Awesome. Thanks, man. Bye. Bye. I hope that you've enjoyed having a few minutes to help you recenter, refocus, and reflect on family and faith. As you think of questions or ideas that you'd like for me to explore on the podcast, check out Instagram and the Facebook group to reach me. I hope 
that you'll take five with us again.